ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Whilst you may have heard about the happenings in the film industry overseas, uh, with all the strikes and box office bombs, Australian cinema thrived in 2023. A year with diverse mix of horror hits and gripping dramas and revealing docos and irreverent comedies, that's what you want, which also cased the unique essence of our country. Well, joining us on Overnights this morning is renowned multi-hyphenate, Alexi Toliopoulos to share his top picks for the year and have a chat about the remarkable chapter in the ongoing tale of Australian cinema. Alexi's an acclaimed film critic, documentarian, comedian and host of the new podcast Sunburnt Screens, which celebrates classics and unearths rare cinematic dis- rediscoveries and hosts conversation with some of Australia's greatest filmmakers. And I've got him on the line to join us on Overnight's Alexi G'day. G'day, good to be here, Tim. Mate, lovely to talk to you too, and uh, and thanks for sparing the time for us. Um, firstly, uh, tell us uh, and me uh, and the listeners about Sunburst, uh, Sunburnt Screens. Well, Sunburnt Screens is a real passion project of mine. It is basically a journey into Australian film, and I kind of really want to set it out to be an introduction to Australian cinema, kind of something to inspire people to dig a little bit deeper and foster a love and celebration of Australian film. Yeah. And through that, it's been really exciting to see people really connect to Australian films, dig a little bit deeper. And I've kind of paired it up with the streaming service Broly, where on there I've created like, I'd say like curated selections of films based around the podcast episode. So it's all about inspiring people to go deeper and really embrace Australian film. Yeah. So in your opinion, uh, what made 2023 so good? I think basically just the quality of films. It's been a really excellent year for Australian cinema, in particular, really different films, like a really broad slate of really interesting fantastic, deep, meaningful, and I'd say films that really speak to some kind of modern Australian identity. Yeah. Um, Any breakthrough local performances by Aussie actors or uh, anyone else, directors, left a lasting impression on audiences and you uh, last year? I think there's a film called Of an Age, which is like a queer love story from filmmaker Goran Stolevsky that has three beautiful lead performances from Tom Green, Elias Anton and Hattie Hook. And what really impressed me is that there's like this really deep, tender longing between the two male lead characters. But what really impressed me is that this film kind of takes place over a couple of different time periods, structured in a really interesting way. And all that you're really given to understand that and understand the growth is just this slight shift in how these characters and these actors perform these characters uh, in a 10-year or so time jump. Mm. And I think it just works just marvellously. It's a really beautiful film. Yeah. How do uh, Australian filmmakers incorporate the diverse cultural tapestry of this wonderful place of ours into their storytelling in 2023. I'll tell you why I ask. Uh, you know, my wife and I generally sit down, you know, early evening and, and look for something and there's so much there. Um, and you think, well, I can find something Australian and you do find them, but mm. reflecting this rich mosaic we have in our society. 
I think that's a really beautiful question. And I think for me, the answer is it's about who is making films now. It is like a really diverse group of people. Like there are lots of young Greek filmmakers coming up. There's Iranian Australian filmmakers, lots of queer Australian filmmakers Mm. telling their own stories. And I think that is what has always been the key to Australian cinema. Finding success is reflecting back on our culture and our society. And as that changes, it's the filmmakers that change as well. Like the types of people that get to tell their stories. And this year has been a really great example of those films really floating to the top and being celebrated as great cinema. Okay, let's talk about a few, which is probably unfair, but it's all we've got time for. (laughs) (laughs) And the first one uh, is one we have seen. And uh, look, I just think a, a, a hell of a movie. Talk to me. Why was that such a big hit with audiences, do you think? I think why it was such a big hit is I really think audiences are really primed to understand genre cinema. It feels like it's a language that they've been communicating in fluently for their whole lives without really understanding it. So when a really great genre film comes along like talk to me which is just an absolutely fantastic Mm. horror film Mm. (laughs) with some really deep themes of grief mourning loss but wrapped up in this perfect freaky little horror package i think it really connects deeply with people yeah you've got my wife she is a horror movie fanatic she's absolutely (laughs) loves them so tell us about the unusual background of the filmmakers Well, Danny and Michael Philippou started out many years ago as YouTube filmmakers, uh, making kind of fun, silly, often genre genre parody videos on YouTube. So they had like these Mm. really strong filmmaking bona fides, but now they are like doing really cool stuff. I think uh, it's pretty interesting to see now filmmakers coming from that space with huge technical prowess as well. Yeah. And look, this geez, we talk about YouTubers a lot on our program. So the success <laughs> of them turned into filmmakers, if you like, will that inspire the industry to take a few more risks, do you think, on emerging talent? I really do hope so, because these are young filmmakers as well. And I hope that there is the support out there for young filmmakers to get their starts, to get their breaks and to really i guess start making or having the support and the nurturing for interesting new Mm. filmmakers in australia and i think it's a really great pathway because it's a really powerful way to like hone your craft is by making stuff that gets directly out there to an audience and seeing their reaction almost in real time as their skills grow yeah I love what they've said about uh, making their films because you'd know this, and I can go as far back if you like, as uh, you know, greats like Errol Flynn and, and Rod Taylor in the early days, and back then, and probably through the sixties and seventies. To make it, you sort of had to go overseas, and our great actors mm-hmm. and directors do that still. But these filmmakers are saying they're committed to continuing making their movies in Adelaide. Goodness me. Adelaide, the new Hollywood. (laughs) Yeah, it might be. I think there's actually something to that. There's something really interesting happening in Adelaide, especially when it comes to genre and horror genre cinema in particular. The Babadook 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah. Even the Philippou brothers were like production assistants on that film. So it's been brewing up since then. There's another filmmaker coming from Adelaide, Alice Mayo Mackey, who is a 
trans filmmaker working in the horror space as well, making really fat, freaking interesting movies, mm, mm. Uh, including a film called T-Blockers, which is also one of my favourites of this year. Yeah. I, mate, I just love the fact, before we talk about uh, where you can see Talk To Me, that, you know, just terrific actors like uh, Joel Edgerton and Ben Mendelsohn and, mm. and Russell, I mean, uh, Russell Crowe, that they can, you know, live here and come back so often, go and make movies and come back and then make movies here. I think it's just fantastic. I agree, I agree. And I want them to make more. I want Margot Robbie to come make movies yeah. in Australia. I yeah, want yeah. Chris Hemsworth to make more movies in Australia because yeah. we've got such great actors and we've got such great cinema here in Australia. Yeah. And I would love to see the merging of those come together even more. Yeah, and you've got a set in every state of Australia. In fact, hundreds of them. Great sets everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, we don't, like Absolutely. To, we don't like to give away plots of movies if uh, our listeners haven't seen it, but where can you find Talk? I forget where you find Talk to me, but we've seen it. It's on one of the streaming services, I know. Yeah. It is indeed. It is on Netflix right now. So right. you can really jump on and watch it straight away and get freaked out. <laughs> You'll get freaked out, all right. Um, now, here's one I've, I've not seen, uh, movie number two, Survival of Kindness, directed by uh, the film legend Rolf Deheer, is it? Yes, Rolf Deheer, one right. of the greats of Australian cinema, Bad Boy Bubby, Ten Canoes. Ah, okay, yep. Um, so, to, to, again, without giving too much, um, uh, a traditional narrative, if you like, this film about? I'd say it's definitely not a traditional narrative, no. actually. Oh, isn't, I think isn't, that's what, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, it's what makes Rolf Deheer really interesting. Uh, he's one of those filmmakers that's been experimental his whole career, and there's kind of almost something in common between Survival of Kindness and the great bad boy Bubby. They've got almost a similar structure. Uh, so I will kind of start with a really striking image of a black woman in a cage alone in the desert. And then from there, yeah. it comes a journey through almost an apocalyptic world and a really moving story of resilience, kindness, and hope in a place that should perhaps be hopeless. Gee, yeah. God, bad boy, Bubby. How many years ago is that? I believe it just celebrated its 30th anniversary is that right? in 2023. Wow. Oh, that was a fascinating film for its time, wasn't it, Bad Boy Bubby? Yeah. I think, I think regardless of time, it's a fascinating it's movie. It's one of my yeah. very, very favourites. And the way I always describe it is that it is the rare example of an experimental film where each experiment is a complete and utter success. Yeah, no, it's a great movie. Uh, all right, so tell us about the cast in this one, Survival of Kindness. Uh, the lead is a non-actor, Mojeme Hussein, who gives a really powerful performance. And Rolf Tahir has often worked with non-actors or non-traditional actors. And I think it's all about the way that he's able to get them to find the character. I think he's one of the great collaborative filmmakers in Australian history, especially when it comes to working with actors. It's really, it's really special film. Yeah, another one made in South Australia. But gee, yeah, Adelaide, the new Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> You're onto something. Yeah, yeah obviously. Um, again, well, you've, gave it, you've given us a basic plot, so it sounds like it could be, uh, for the listeners, a bit confronting, yeah? I'd say so, I'd say yeah. so, but in only the way a filmmaker as skilled as Rolf Deheer can. Right. Okay, so that's The Survival of Kindness. You can find that where? Did we ask you where you find that one? You can rent that one oh, can you? Uh, basically on iTunes or Amazon, wherever you kind of rent movies. It's available there now. Beautiful. All right. Movie number three, Shader, S-H-A-Y-D-A. Tell us why you picked this one. 
I think this is a really powerful film. I saw this with my mother and uh, we were both weeping the whole film. I think it's really okay. beautiful. It's basically about uh, an Iranian woman living in a women's refuge with her really young daughter nice. in Melbourne. And you think the 1990s uh, and it is based on the kind of like biographical or memoir-like qualities of the filmmaker Nora Nisari, uh, who is basically the child of this film. And I think it's just really moving and a great film about modern Australian identities. Yeah, that sounds really fascinating. Now, is it true that's been announced as Australia's official submission for Best International Film at the Academy Awards? I, yeah, I think so. I think yeah. it's kind of competing in that, uh, I guess it's this strange category at the Oscars nowadays of international films and foreign language cinema, where it kind of is a mash of things now. Mm. And Australia doesn't always get to enter that. But when there's a strong film like this, where a lot of it is in a language other than English, I think it can really cut through. I think a few years ago, there was a film, Tanner, that was an Australian film that also entered this category. Yeah, right. I'm speaking, uh, listeners, with Alexi Toliopoulos about uh, movies and great Australian movies. Now, this one, um, given the subject matter you've described, how important is it that a film like this has been made here in Australia? I think it's really, really important. Uh, I think not just in its subject matter of, like, uh, refuge for domestic yeah, abuse yeah. survivors, mm. but I'd also say in the identity of the film being about newer Australians, newer migrants to Australia. Uh, I think it's a really powerful traditional Australian storytelling to be from filmmakers that are of backgrounds, like migrant backgrounds. And I mean, personally, I'm Greek Australian. And a lot yeah, of my history yeah. is like entrenched in like migration, refugee status. And now seeing new filmmakers from new generations of these migrant patterns, think it's really powerful and incredibly significant and it's the kind of films i think we really should support and embrace as modern australian cinema oh yes you know greeks and italians back in the 40s and 50s and uh, god bless the fact that you came here otherwise the food would have been terribly uninteresting wouldn't it <laughs> Alexi? i mean it's my honor to be part of that tradition god bless god bless you and your family <laughs> so so could i add there that uh, uh, nura niasari could be an exciting new voice in australian cinema Absolutely, absolutely. I cannot wait to see what she does next uh, because especially this film being so close to her own history, her own memoir, uh, I'm kind of excited to see what happens next and how though if those influences continue or if she'll take something different, but mm. I think it's a superbly made film and a great announcement film. Yeah, even from what you've said so far, um, filmmakers are being... A lot more adventurous, aren't they, do you think? I think so. But, I mean, Australian cinema has always been quite adventurous. It's just about, like, kind of how we receive them or how we see them or how we even celebrate them. Because I think Australia has a really great history of, I think, like a broad range of films that yeah, communicate yeah. in different ways. Yeah. Yeah, and express Australian life and Australian culture in different ways. But there's not always, like, the support for those films. No. No, I agree with you. That's right. Okay, so where can we go to watch this one? Shader. This one has – Shader has only just left cinemas now in the last month or so. So I'm anticipating it will kind of get a bit more of that rental video on demand right. yep. or perhaps a streaming service push 
in the next couple of months because it's also been nominated for a lot of the actor awards, the Australian Film Awards, in like all the major categories. I expect it will do quite well in them. So I think there'll be an extra little push for it coming our way soon. Okay, great. That's Shader. Now, number four on your list, 1-4 against all odds. God, against all odds. That's, who was in that? Wasn't that um, – who <laughs> was in against all odds? Rachel Ward and um, one of the uh, – I can't think who was in it now. Uh, but wasn't there a movie called Against All uh, An old movie. I th- it is a Rachel Ward movie. Yeah, 1980s. Yeah, it was. Um, That's right. With James Woods, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges and Rachel Ward. That's right. And uh, Phil Collins did the music. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God. I'm, nice I'm, little neo noir film yeah, shout out as well. Yeah, for I'm, us. I'm amazed <laughs> I dragged that out of my consciousness. Uh, but, but, this, <laughs> but this one's called 1 4 Against All Odds. So uh, it's a doco. Yeah. Yeah, it's a documentary, and I think a very significant documentary. Okay. Uh, maybe I might even go as far to say this might be the most important Australian film of the year. Okay. Um, it's a documentary about 1 4. Uh, Pacific Islander Australian uh, drill rap crew coming from Western Sydney. And it is a documentary film uh, basically about their artistry and how that has been censored and Mm. held in really difficult situations by the uh, New South Wales police force Mm. and kind of the combative nature between the police force in suppressing these artists from expressing themselves mm. through their work. Yes, that's very interesting. The director is from Sydney, uh, so a, a Sydneyness to the sto- Sydneyness to the story. Yeah, yeah. Gabriel Gasparanados, a Greek Australian filmmaker uh, from Sydney as well, and I think it's a really great Sydney film in that it kind of shows you some areas of Sydney uh, in Western Sydney that don't often get seen on film. And I think these kind of stories yes, of yeah. Pacific Island Australians that make up like a really vibrant part and important part of modern Australian culture, these stories don't really get told very much. No. There's a story about these film, these artists working in Australia <clears throat> and how their music contributes to what modern Australian culture is. Yeah, and they get a hard time from the cops, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really, yeah. really hard time. It's it's kind of eye-opening, and that's why I think it's so important to see because the way that the police even talk about their tactics in their talking head interviews in this film, it's really confronting and astonishing that they are just even speaking about it. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's a, it, it, I think it's a must-see film. Okay, yeah. And any positive, negative reaction to it from overseas? Have been shown overseas? Uh, because it's been on Netflix, uh, it had like a pretty big worldwide release because it's like a Netflix original film. So it's been seen all around the world. Yeah, right. And it has been interesting because I've not seen many formal reviews for this film, but it's charted really well basically mm. across the world on Netflix and seeing more kind of talk on social media from people embracing it, social media people really questioning the authority of police in Australia, mm. or questioning, I guess, what what kind of powers the police have over freedom of speech and freedom of ex- artistic expression. Yeah. It's been yeah. very, very interesting. Well, yes, to that end, is, is this true that uh, a bit controversial an increased police presence at the film's screening in southwest Sydney? 
Uh, yeah, I actually hosted this screening at South by Southwest okay. in yep. Sydney, the film's premiere, and it was one of the great screenings I've ever hosted, one of the best screenings I've ever been at, where it was just a film completely embraced by its audience. It was buoyant. Right. But surrounding it was, uh, I mean, I don't know if I could even count them, an incredible amount of police wearing full riot gear, armed, body armor, expect i don't know what they were expecting but it it felt almost like an immersive filmic experience watching this film with this kind of police presence around it um because it was a really lovely screening of with friends and family so i don't know what kind of controversy was expected there yeah well that's i mean the police in uh, in sydney i mean you see it on television every night i mean for some reason southwest sydney's uh getting a hell of a bum rap lately and has done for a while. So that's that's really interesting, Alexi, really interesting. Mm, yeah. It was interesting. I mean, I'll just say that it was uh, the convention South by Southwest yep. in Darling Harbour. So it wasn't in Southwest Sydney, oh, but gotcha. it You're was, right. um, yeah, it was really really something to see such a huge yeah. police presence yeah, at, wow. a film, yeah. at a film screening like that. Yeah. All right. Well, that's certainly worth a, a look too. And you, you've already mentioned you can find that uh, – on Netflix, and that one's called One Four Against All Odds. Now, the last one, The Big Dog. I mean, that could mean anything. <laughs> what does it mean? Uh, the Big Dog's a really fun, I'd say, risque okay. comedy from an Australian filmmaker, Dan McCusker, that I really liked. I think it's a very funny movie because it's got this really interesting edge to it. It is about, I guess, like an upper-middle-class guy, a businessman, if you will, who has, uh, I guess the terminology is findom, financial domination, someone who gets off on being financially dominated by uh, a woman on the internet. And it's basically about his life crumbling down completely apart in just one day when everything blows up around his uh, very specific fetish, I'd say. Right. Well, let's not discuss that. You'd have to watch the movie to find out. Yeah, right. So, um, Absolutely. I, I suppose I should ask, uh, is it possible that uh, some of my listeners might be offended watching this one or not? I don't know. I think I, I trust your listeners to have – uh, some kind of like edgy taste as well so to I. kind of want yeah, to so see I. comedy that pushes the buttons just a little bit. I don't think it's an offensive movie in any way, but uh, you know, some of the best laughs are when you get challenged by something. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, uh, Ricky Gervais is not to everybody's taste, but as, as he always says, it's just a joke. It's just a joke. <laughs> and you don't have to watch it if you don't want to. Um, so Dane McCusker, yeah. Will we, will we see a lot more from him? Do you think? I hope so. And I really hope we see more comedies in Australia. Yeah. I mean, I've got a comedic background and I think Australia has really world-class comedy scene and you see that a lot on the internet. Sometimes you see it on TV and very rarely do you see it in cinema. I, I sometimes joke that Kenny was the last comedy made and released in yeah. Australia, but you're seeing these really interesting filmmakers working in the comedy space and I hope they get given the opportunities to flourish on the big screen the way that the big dog has. And that was a hard-fought battle probably to get this film made, I'd say. Yeah, I'm sure it was. All right, well, that's five. Um, Just uh, quickly, I suppose, any more that uh, you want to put in front of the listeners' minds to have a look at? 
Oh, okay. yes. I think we were spoiled for great Australian films this year. I would say Of an Age is a must-see. Okay. Maybe the best Australian film I've seen in a few years. I think it is so beautiful. Right. Time Addicts, a really fun time travel comedy about essays going through time. Uh, the Royal Hotel, great film from Australian filmmaker Kitty Green. Uh, basically, it's a kind of dramatic retelling of the documentary Hotel Coolgardi. Uh-huh. Uh, Limbo from Ivan Sen is maybe the best looking Australian film I have ever seen. It is a black and white neo-noir set out in the desert. So you've got really white hot sand radiating off the screen. Yeah, right. Bird Eater, a film that I would put on people's radars for next year as it gets a bigger release. Uh, it is, I'd say, almost a 21st century modern young person's reimagining of something like Wake in Fright in as far as uh, its okay. commentary yep. on Australian toxic masculinity. Mm. I think it's a fantastic film. That's Bird Eater. And I, it will get a more of an Australian release this year after doing really well at Australian film festivals. Great. Well, listening to all that, uh, it looks like uh, 2024 uh, could be just as terrific as 2023, but uh, we're going well, aren't we? Uh, again, uh, Australians, and I think we in sport and so many other areas, we punch above our weight, I reckon, don't we? I think I have to agree. I think there's so much great art as well here in Australia yeah. that is just waiting for people to discover it and celebrate it. Now, your podcast, Sunburnt Screens, uh, how do we find that? Sunburn Stream, sorry, Sunburn Screens, the Australian Cinema Odyssey, is available basically wherever you get your podcasts on Apple Podcasts, okay. Spotify. Yep. Yep. Go hunting for it and you'll be rewarded with a richness of Australian cinema. And I talked to some of the great filmmakers. We've got an episode with Rolf Dehir himself coming out very soon this year as well. Fantastic. That's the host of the new podcast, Sunburn Screams. Alexi Toliopoulos, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, and have a happy new year. And you. Thanks, mate. ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music, and more.